Good morning. Good morning. Excited that you're here today, man. That we've already had church to the degree where I feel five foot eleven. Come on, and uh, believe that God has something special today. We're, we're real, uh, real excited about this season. You know, we, in this time of year, it could go from being winter to summer all in the same week or fall. So enjoy it all because it could change at any minute. Come on. And, uh, but we're excited you're here today. We're in a series called, and today will be the last day of that, Finding Your Life. And I want to talk to you today about living in, in confidence, uh, and it's similar to what's already been said, but living in confidence with what God has already said about you. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Sabbath blessing today, but I want to, I want to take it further that God has a Sabbath lifestyle that he wants you to live. And uh, God, you know, God is not into performance. God is the perfecter of our faith. He's moving in our hearts. He, he comes to live with us, to live in us, and, uh, and to move through us. Somebody say through us. And so in, today I want to, and, and I'm going to add this scripture in. I didn't have it in the notes, but in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, I'm just going to launch with this today. And uh, we, again, we're really excited that you're here today. Uh, verse 35 says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so after you've done the will of God... You may receive the promises for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But I love that passage. I love this scripture that we don't cast away our confidence. We don't concede our faith. We don't, we don't bow down. Hector said it so well right there that, that in those moments where you get, you, know, you get news that you didn't expect or things look like, you know, or turn into moments where it didn't look like that you thought it would look like, we don't back off, right? The scripture says that if we, if we don't cast away our confidence, so uh, uh, one thing that I like to say in this is that it, it is possible to cast away your confidence. And we've got to be aware as, as children of God, you know, one thing that I've learned that, that there's some things that, that there's some details that we need to dive into. That, you know, showing up to serve God is, is, is you know, it's like, it's like anything else in life. It's not something that you just jump into and then hope God does all the work. Listen to me. Jesus has been moving on the earth for 2,000 years. He sent the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago. So there's some investigation. There's some, there's some things for your life that you've got to purposely go after. Come on and investigate. Nothing happens just case sera sera or by accident. There's a reward that's attached to faith. There's a reward that's attached to the confidence that God puts on the inside of us. Come on, I didn't say it. Paul did. He said here, therefore, do not cast away your confidence because it has great reward. And so God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He gives us his truth. He gives us his word. And he guides us into the places for, so that we can take the next step in our life. Amen? You know, in 1988, they, they decided to do a different event in the, in the Winter Olympics. And so they decided to do a blind skiing competition. And so, this is a true story, by the way. And so... Anyway, they set this whole thing up, and so each, uh, each blind skier was partnered with a sighted skier. And so as they went down the mountain, if, if the sighted skier said, go right, then the, the, the blind skier went right. If he said, go left, he'd go left. He said, go straight. And if he'd say, jump off the cliff, what, whatever, and I made that part up. But, but, but the, the avenue is here is, is that they had to follow the directions of the one that was speaking to them. And so had they not followed the directions, how many of you know to jump on a ski and go down a mountain 
without some kind of guidance would have been a catastrophe. But every one of them made it down the mountain because they listened to the word. They listened to the instruction of the, of the sighted skier who was guiding them, come on, to the finish line. And the same is true with you and I. God has not left us alone. He's given us his word. He's given us his instruction. He's given us his Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth. And if we'll open our ears, come on, and quit worrying about what we see, and we'll open our ears and have ears to hear, the scripture says, then, then, then God will guide us through life in the same way. Come on, if God says give, you give. If God says love, you love. If God says forgive, you forgive. If God puts people in your path and they, they create something in you to take a bigger step of faith, then you take the steps of faith. But do we want to be the person, come on, that hears the instruction but doesn't do it? Jesus said those that hear my word and do my word, come on, will be likened to a wise man. You can do it your own way. Can I, say, can I just say it this way? We can do it our own way and get the same results we've always gotten. Or we can lay ourselves down and listen to the instruction of a father who loves us, who gave his life for us. And we can walk this thing out, come on, with the results that Jesus promised we would have, which he said in John 10, 10, that we would live the abundant life. And so those are not just accidental, so we purpose, we, we put time into, we develop our craft. We you know, we, you, know you, you, you listen to uh, electric guitar players or drummers or bass players or watch a great athlete on, on television. They didn't show up and just, be, just become great. Come on, somebody. They put the time in to perfect and to, and, to, and to learn how to operate in the gifting that they have. And so if you're going to find your life, it's not going to happen just, just dropping out of the sky, pie in the sky. God, give me a miracle, make me great. That doesn't work that way. Come on, obedience makes us great. And because what it does is it brings glory to God, come on, who has the ability to change anyone at any time. And so we don't cast away our confidence and we don't draw back. Somebody say, I'm not drawing back. Uh, uh, the scripture even has another scripture that says, we're not of those that draw back to perdition. So we've got to make some decisions. Go uh, with me to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read a couple scriptures and we're just, we're just going to get into this. Verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus. Now pay attention to with me here through these. Who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. He didn't say some blessings. He didn't say God kept a portion for himself. Come on. What's it say? He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Somebody say every. Again, he didn't say part. He didn't say some. He said every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Just as he chose us, just, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Listen, the, these are those that struggle with condemnation. These are those that struggle with always staying in the miracle realm. I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Hey, God's a miracle God, and when you need it, he's available but I'd rather live faith to faith than be a miracle. Come on, somebody. And so it's not always getting the miracle. Sometimes it's being the miracle. Sometimes it's being the voice. And so if we're not careful, we'll get into these, these, these desperate, this desperate mindset where it's like we're always trying to get out of a pickle. That's a West Texas saying too, by the way. And, and, and our faith only operates and let's, you know, let's, get, let's get my need met. Let's, get, let's just get through this moment. And that's okay. God wants to do those things. But come on, your life and your calling and the gifting and the perfecter that lives in you is way bigger than just having your needs met. He promised in, in the same scripture, he said that we have need of endurance, which means Jesus provided the endurance because Christ, Christ is the sufficient one, right? He supplies all our needs. And so through that process, listen to me today, 
It's not just about getting a miracle. Get it? If you need a miracle, thank God it's available. It's about living this thing out. It's about walking by faith. And it's about taking the steps. Are you with me here? So, so I said all that to say this, verse 4. Just he chose us for the foundation of the world that we should, everybody say should, be holy and without blame before him in love. Powerful. Write that down. You ought, to, you ought to underline that on your phone. I'm just kidding. It says, or I guess you could do that. That, that, that we should be holy and without blame before him. Listen, having predestined us to adoptions as sons and daughters by Christ Jesus to himself. I'm giving you real good news this morning. It says here, it says, as sons by Christ Jesus to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. I, I mean, you start looking through the scripture, listen, there, there aren't many excuses not to go after what God's called you to do. I mean, this is exciting. Get this in your heart. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He chose us before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation. We're sons and daughters. Listen, it says here that we'll be holy without blame before him, having predestined us to adoptions as sons by Christ Jesus to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. In other words, all these things bring pleasure to God. Do you ever think of your life that way? That, hey, when you look in the mirror, are you, you, you know, you're, you're evaluating your life. Do you ever look in your life and say, man, what an honor it would be if my, my life would bring honor to God? It says here that he blessed you with all these things because it brings him good pleasure. Listen to me. God loves you. That's why he sent Jesus ahead of time. He, he sent, sent him before the foundation of the world so that we would have no more excuses. We can receive every spiritual blessing. Come on, I'm talking to somebody this morning. And we go from being the miracle needers, come on, to the miracle givers. And we are that. Come on. And, and so it's all laid out. Now listen to this. Colossians 1 verse 13 says this. For he has rescued us. Somebody say, I'm rescued. Those that are rescued don't have a need to be rescued. If Jesus is in your life, you've been rescued, come on, from the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. You get a hold of those three verses right there and start walking it out. Come on, somebody. Life is going to be looking a whole lot better than it did yesterday. And so we get a hold of this, but we have to get to the point in our faith, and I know many of you have, but I'm going I'm to preach to me this morning, okay? And, and to your neighbor. So look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you today. I'm not talking to you, I'm just talking to your neighbor, okay? And so through this process, listen, President Reagan, how many of you know Ronald Reagan was the President of the United States? When he was a kid, his aunt decided that he needed a nice pair of shoes. And so she took him down to the shoemaker and said, hey, I want to get uh, young Ronald here, some nice shoes, and, and we want to, you know, we want him to be nice, and so he sits down, they take the measurements, and so the guy's, you know, explaining the shoes and, and going through this process, and then he asked him, he said, he said, do you want a, a round-toed shoe or do you want a square-toed shoe? And Ronald, Ronald said, I don't know, and so he said, it's okay, we can figure that out later, so he goes through the process, bring him, bring his, brings him back several weeks later to, re, you know, resize just to make sure before he puts the finished product on the shoe that his foot hasn't grown or anything. So he asked him again, he said, do you want a round-toed boot, a shoe, or do you want a square-toed shoe? And he couldn't make up his mind. And so the, the, the bootmaker said, well, we'll figure it out. And so later on, he goes through the process. They call the aunt and say, hey, just want you to know Ronald's shoes are ready. He shows up to the shoemaker. 
opens the box, looks at the box, the shoemaker's standing there, and in the shoes, one, one of the shoes was round-toed, the other was square-toed. And he looked at him and said, hey, if you don't make a decision, somebody else will make it for you. And so Ronald Reagan said he learned a lesson that day. The future leader of the United States of America learned a lesson that day that if I don't make a decision in life, somebody else is going to make it for me. Became one of the greatest leaders of, of, of our nation. Now, I, I want to encourage you today. You know, we're here to glorify Jesus, but I want to encourage you. Who's making the decisions in your life? Is it, is it circumstance? Is it economy? Is it waiting on some check to show up and to bail us out and, and taking promises that don't even really exist? Come on, somebody. Is, is it somebody's the expectation that somebody might come back into your life? Is it, is it something out there that's making the decision for you? Listen to me. God gave you all those promises I just read to you. Every, you're blessed in every spiritual blessing. In other words, God says, everything you need on the table Every ingredient you need to make a meal of life, come on somebody, is on this table. All you have to do is receive it. And so we, we, we sometimes in our faith make it difficult. And we, we, we look at, uh, you know, life is just like, hey, if I do this or I say this, I give this way, I talk this way, then God's going to come through. Listen to me. There's some things that God does, but there's some decisions you make. And if we'll become good at, at operating and, 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 flow, and walking that out in decision-making and just decide, hey, I have a seat at the table. You know, I talk to the staff on a regular basis, and I tell them, hey, when we brought you on, we didn't bring, we didn't bring you on to prove yourself, even though they do on a daily basis. When we brought you on, it's because we believed in you. Therefore, you have a seat at the table, so you're not showing up at work today saying, my gosh, I hope they like you. We liked you. That's why we hired you. Now do your job, right? And so that, 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 that's the mentality. And a lot of times we're the same with God. Well, I hope God likes me. Golly, gee, I hope, I hope things are going to work out. Oh, mijo, pray a little harder. And, and we get in these circumstances where we're begging God and doing all these things. Listen to me. Lay all of that aside and realize I have a seat at the table and my heavenly Father has provided every ingredient I need. I'm about to prepare a meal of life. And my life matters. Something in me is bigger. I have a destiny, and I decide to follow Jesus. Come on. Following Jesus isn't for the weak. It's for the decided. Come on. And when you make a decision to follow God, and you make a decision that, hey, I'm going to step out in these things. Listen, every spiritual blessing he has is available to you. I don't know how to say it any clearer. The Holy Spirit is not coming. The Holy Spirit has been here for 2,000 years. Jesus said, when I go to the Father, I'm sending back the helper. The helper is not coming. The helper is here. So quit begging for it and start deciding, hey, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Every spiritual blessing God has is available to me. I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to quit begging God, and I'm going to be who he called me to be. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Settle down. Now I feel six foot one this morning. He rescued us from darkness. He transferred into the kingdom of his dear son, listen, who purchased our freedom. How many of you know salvation is free, but it's not cheap? When Jesus gave his life, he shed his blood in seven different places on the way to the cross. You know, we're leading into Easter season, and, 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 and in a couple of weeks we'll celebrate Easter together, and, and 
And those kind of things are going to be great. We're going to have food trucks and celebration, and we're going to spend time together. It's going to be great. But today matters too, right? And so, so Jesus, on this, he purchased our freedom. In other words, he bought you. He paid the price so that we could quit making excuses, so that we could lay down our, we don't have to be prideful because he helps us lay down our pride, right? And so here it says, it says that we've been purchased, which means Jesus gave his life. Again, salvation is free, but it didn't come cheap. Jesus gave everything he had so that you could walk in this abundant life that he's called you to live in and, 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 and grow and to discover and those kind of things. But in Mark 2, 27, he said this, uh, Jesus said this, he said, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, that Sabbath is, is, is you know, in the Jewish culture, it's, it's taking one day to rest, and, and, and it's a beautiful thing. I encourage you to go, go read uh, or listen to Robert Morris teach on the Sabbath and the rest and taking a day and that kind of thing, and it's beautiful. But today I want to talk to you about a Sabbath lifestyle, not just a Sabbath day. Come on, somebody. And so the Sabbath was, wasn't created. It says man was, man, the, man was created for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, it's not a day of performance. If you, if you go back and read the story, Jesus walking by, a couple of his disciples grab some fruit off a tree, and they just start ridiculing them and say, man, you can't do that on the Sabbath day because in the, in the Jewish custom, you lay it down. I mean, they do, they do Shabbat. It's about resting. It's about those kind of things, and we all need that day in our life. We need part of that. But what I just read you in the scripture about being blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, the Sabbath has a meaning. It's a day of training. It's a time of training that says, today I'm not going to worry about my bills. Today I'm not going to worry about how, you know, is my husband going to change? Is my wife going to change? I'm laying down all negativity today so that I could focus on my heavenly Father and I can give my body the rest it needs, come on, to go work the six days. And so the Sunday, in, or we, you know, in, in our culture, we celebrate Sunday, but everybody needs a Sabbath in their life and whatever that looks like. But a Sabbath is also a lifestyle. It's a day of training. So eventually, come on, our faith begins to realize, hey, I don't have to worry on Monday either. I'm not talking about being lazy either. Are you with me here today? And so before long, it transfers. And so how many of you know when you get in a, in a, in a, in a mode of fretting or striving or a lifestyle, a habit of just panicking all the time or a habit of putting up walls, what, whatever it is that, that you struggle with, and you know what that is, how many of you know if you're not careful, you'll, you'll operate the, in that all the time? So God gave the Sabbath. Also, the, you know, there's deep, deeper, deeper levels of teaching. And again, go hear Robert Morris teach that. But we want to get to a point in our faith, come on, where it's not a Sunday faith. Come on, it's a life of faith. And so I found seven words in the, uh, uh, that, that kind of give a description of what living a Sabbath lifestyle is all about. Do you want to hear them this morning? And so number one, the word cease. The word cease. Proverbs 46.10 says, cease from striving and know that I am God. Cease from striving and know that I am God. Now, it, uh, you know, in celebrating certain days of Sabbath, how many of you know they'll stand, and, and Ed Trout taught this so beautifully, they'll stand in front of a wall with no distractions and just, just wait, you know, wail if you study the, the culture because they don't want any distractions in their life. But also in the life of faith, how many of you know when it's Wednesday, and, and you're trying to meet the quota, you're trying to get the products out, you're trying to help your neighbor, come on, you're trying to do the things that you're called to do. How many of you know that faith is just as active then? And if you've trained yourself to learn how to cease from worry and cease from anxiety, 
So, you know, David said it this way. They were were in in a place of battle when he said it in Psalms chapter 46. He says, cease from striving and know that I am God. You know, two, two styles of teaching here. If you study it, some people say that was an encouragement. Other people say it was a rebuke, where he was rebuking them that, hey, your striving is not accomplishing nothing. And, and, and you're trying to do it on your own, and, and you want to be in control, but you're not accomplishing what you're, trying, you're setting out to do. You've just formulated it to where you're just good at, at going through the process, but there's no end result. There's no fruit attached to this. And so we can, we can scream by faith, talk by faith, shout by faith, whisper by faith all day. But if we don't believe, church, come on, it's in the believing. We sang about it a while ago that causes faith to work. I believe when I can't see. And I know there's some of you in here that say, I only believe in what I can see. And my, my, question, or my statement to that would be, go stick your fingers in a light socket and see how that works out. Because faith is believing, it's not seeing. I have to believe. I have to take the steps. But when we strive, when we, when we lay down the striving, somebody say striving. And, and I want you to get this because, you know, if I said, how many of you are excited about miracles? We'd all shout today. But I, when we're dealing with your heart pastorally and connecting you with God's purpose, th- this is a major ingredient that we learn. We teach our staff we're not striving because we want to be healthy. We're not panicking because we have a problem today. Come on, we're chief problem solvers. You know, our kids mess up, we deal with it. We don't quit. You know, things don't go right. We have to, we have to come up with a plan. And so we learn to cease from worry, cease from anxiety. You know, and I encourage you on your Sabbath training, learn to lay down all the, all the anxiety and all the worry and all those things and just decide. When you get home today and, and you're tempted to say, hey, let's discuss this bill or this thing, and I'm not telling you not to take responsibility be responsible, but just tell your spouse or whoever you're dealing with, hey, not today, Jack. Come on, we ain't being negative today. Because this is my training day. Somebody say training day. We're not talking about a Denzel Washington movie either. Come on. <laughs> Even though they're great, right? This is my training day, and I'm choosing today to cease because I want to live a lifestyle of not striving. I didn't say not working. I said not striving. Striving means that you haven't had a recognition yet of personal weakness. The greatest revelation you can get in your life is when you realize, I can't do this on my own. That I am not as strong as I thought I was. Some of us, he looks strong. Alan right there, you you put his his arm around your head, you're in trouble. Come on. But the reality is it's, it's a recognition. Everybody say recognition of personal weakness. That's when you start growing. I know you faith guys are like, that ain't faith. No, 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 that is faith. I have a recogni- I'm recognizing I need a Savior. I'm recognizing I couldn't do it on my own. So I'm ceasing from being in self-control. I'm, I'm ceasing from trying to control the outcome. I'm, I'm, I'm recognizing I got some messed up stuff in my life, but I've been promised that there's every spiritual, every spiritual, every spiritual, every spiritual, every spiritual blessing available to me. Therefore, God, I recognize in my weakness, you are strong. In in my pain, you bring healing. And in my sadness, you bring joy. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And it's shifting that thing, and it's taking that decision and that step to shift that thing. And all of a sudden, come on, your your Sunday training starts operating on Wednesday training. And and, and it leads into Thursday training. It leads into Friday training. Before long, you're not just hoping Friday shows up at 5. Come on. Hoping, saying it's 5 o'clock somewhere, you, you develop a mindset that says, hey, I've been given one life to live. 
And therefore, every minute, every day, every second matters in my life. And so I'm going to cease from striving, and I'm going to recognize personal weakness so that my God can strengthen me. The more of you you lay down, the greater your faith becomes in your life. So when you invite the perfecter in, you know what he does? He perfects your faith. Wasn't a trick scripture, right? Number two, number two, we've got to learn to celebrate. We've got to learn to celebrate. And let me say this, in, 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 in ceasing from striving, that's why, that's why here at the Live Church we do rotations. That's why you'll see Pastor preach one week, Pastor Daniel preach, you know, and I'll teach, Pastor Lane will come in, is because we're not trying to strive to say, hey, this is all about one person. This is God walk, working through all of us. You'll see it in our worship team. You'll have different, different uh, singers leading songs. It's because we're not some one-man one band. Come on. We, we realize that, that it, we can only produce in the way that we're called to produce is if we're rested. And so if all we do is give out, so it's the same for you. You're a part of something healthy. You're a part of something that has, is a living organism. And so we're not going to get up there and wear ourselves out. And so there's room for everybody if you're willing to submit to Jesus. Come on. There's, there's room for all of us because God sets all of you in the body. And so, so get a hold of that. So we cease from the striving so that Jesus can perfect our faith. And so again, when you go home today, remember, today, today is, a, is a day of training. When you go to the restaurant, it, it, number two, I'm going to say this and I'll say this other story. But number two, we got to learn to celebrate. Part of Sabbath means celebration. You know, in the old Jewish custom, when they had a wedding, it lasted for a week. That's why they ran out of wine. Day three, they ran out of wine. Had, to, had big old, big old, I studied this out. I can read, by the way. I figured that out a couple years ago. And, and so they had these big wine uh, uh, tubs, and they, they, were, they were heavy. People think Jesus just showed up and just turned water into wine. He, he, he included people in that process. It was a celebration. They had to walk to the well with those big old, big old uh, what do they call them? Uh, I'm going to call them tubs because they're on West Texas. But they had to go to the well and literally get the water out of the well to fill those up to bring it back. And it says that they brought it to the end, the edge. But the reason is, is because day three, they ran out of wine because they were celebrating. And so I know, I know we're West Texas here. You know how to celebrate too. I've seen some of you at the rodeo. Come on. <laughs> I have a deer blind that overlooks the beer barn. I watch you every year. And just in case we needed a little, little bit of something there to work with. I'm just kidding. I really don't. It's on the ground. It's not on. Um, but we celebrate, you know. And, and so you take the joy that's in you, and, and, it's, and it's powerful. I was also reading, I found this interesting, too, in, in, in learning about the old, old customs of weddings. The reason that they brought wine and the reason that they, they did it so big for, for uh, a solid week is because the grooms, didn't want the, the bride's parents to think he was some loser. So, so the wine represented that, hey, I'm here and I'm going to take care of your daughter. And I'm, I'm going I'm to love her, cherish her, and she's in a safe place. So if you showed up to a wedding that didn't have any wine, are you with me here this morning? That, 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 I guarantee you, that daddy-in-law was thinking, my gosh, you're not, we're not worthy to, to marry my daughter. You can't even provide wine to a wedding. So when they ran out day three, come on, somebody, it was like panic mode. Somebody's got to do something. This bride and her daddy are about to run because he ain't going to hand her off. Come on, if she can't be taken care of because that's what a husband's job is, is to provide security, and I'm not going to get off into that. Come on. 
and, and, but there was celebration. And so the celebrations, according you know, to the word, we, we get saved. And it's like over the years, we get in this slump. We think we're so faith-filled, we can't even enjoy life. So I like Pastor Walt. We may be shooting something one week, come on, and flying to another nation the next week. Or we may, we may be building and doing and that kind of thing because it's never about there's an enjoyment of life. You know, I went to Henry's a couple weeks ago with my family and, and I like to mess with the waitresses. I just, you know, enjoy that process. Not, uh, you know, just kind of, th- th- that sounded terrible. But, but <laughs> I like to, <laughs> forgive me, Pastor Walt, I love you. Uh, and so through the, and my wife, I did, not, you know, I'm in trouble now, geez. But we're in the restaurant, and I told the waitress, we're at Henry's, and I said, hey, I want some, some of those beans, but I said, I just want them fried, not refried. And, uh, and she goes, okay, uh, you know, it, it, and, but we're bringing joy. Come on. And she looks at me and says, why would you do that? Because I'm celebrating. Come on, somebody. Today's the Sabbath. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm just going to have some fun with you. Come on. Part, part of life in God is that, uh, the aspect of celebrating, and, 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 I, and I don't have run out of time on that, but in Luke 15, when the, par- when the prodigal son came home, come on, they didn't have a morning session. The Bible says that they brought out the fatted calf. They brought out the ring. They brought out all the, 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 the best. He said, bring the best of the robes, bring the best of it all. My son has come home. Come on, somebody. And there's a celebration that's happening. And the same is true in our life today. I believe somebody's life's going to be changed in here. Come on. And because of that, it's key to have a celebration. And I believe that when you give your life to Jesus, come on, there's a celebration in heaven because God is moving and God is touching and God is reaching. So we've got to learn that aspect of celebration in our lives. That's why in our staff on Mondays, we celebrate the wins. We celebrate the good things that happen on Sunday morning, and then we'll fix all the other stuff and deal with all the other problems, but we're detailed. We're making decisions because the most high God lives on the inside of us. Come on, somebody. But there's a time to celebrate. Everybody say celebrate. I didn't say get in sin. I said celebrate. Went to the Cowboy game against the 49ers. The 49ers won, and I'm telling you, those 49er fans were the most ungodly people in the world. And they just talked all the way through the game and out of the stadium. Now, if Cowboys would have done differently, we'd probably been the same way. I don't know how I get off on this stuff, but it just happens. Number three, cause to fail. Number three, Sabbath. Get this in your heart. Part of the meaning is to cause to fail. And people are thinking, oh, geez, he's, he's, he's way off his faith rocker now. Because Jesus shed his blood and set me free, poverty has to fail off my life. Sickness has to fail off my life. Disease, hopelessness, insecurity, anxiety has to fail. Somebody's get a hold of that this morning. It, it, he causes the Sabbath blessing causes things to fail in your life, and you need that. There's things that have been passed to you from other generations. God wants to break that. He wants to change that, and he will cause it to fail if we'll just receive him into our lives and receive his very best. Somebody say, I want that in my life. It tells us to keep the word with all, all diligence. Another one I like is this in the meanings. It means suffer to be lacking. Suffer to be lacking. And, and, and you look at these words, it just plays on words is all it is. But because Jesus suffered, come on. Because Jesus suffered and gave his, gave his best, I now lack poverty. You can go through the same, same details, same outlines. Because Jesus suffered, come on somebody, 
Poverty is no longer my, my driving force. Sickness is no longer my driving force. Being negative. So if you're a child of God and you look into the mirror and you question, you know, what God's trying to do and where he's trying to take you and how he's trying to mold you, listen to me. We've got to shape, shape, shift that away today. That's why the, another, another one of the meanings says this. It says that it says to leave or to put away. In other words, transformation is, transformation is walking away from the old life. To receive the new thing that God wants to do. So if you go home, we just do the same thing. That's why it's a day of training today, right? That's leading to a lifestyle of Sabbath blessing in your life. To leave or to put away, to transform, to renew. And then number seven, get this in your heart today, it means to rest. It means to rest. And it's, and it's possible to live a destiny and rest at the same time. There's an old story, and I'm going to close with this this morning, about a man that challenged another man to, an, to a tree chopping competition. They each had an axe in their hand and, 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 you know, they got up there, they had their tree they were chopping down and the man said, go, so they just start chopping the trees, chopping the trees. One of those man, men, every few minutes, would sit down and rest. And so the other guy would look over and say, oh, he's lazy, come on, I'm going to beat him. And he's just chopping that other tree and chops that other tree, chops that other tree. That other man would get up and just start chopping the tree for a little bit, then he'd go rest. This other guy over here is still chopping and chopping and chopping and chopping until finally they called a winner. And the guy who won the wood chopping, chopping competition was the man who was sitting down to rest ever so often. And so the other guy comes up to him and says, every time I looked at you, you were resting. He said, I should have beat you. And he said, he said, young man, what you didn't see is that every time I sat down to rest, I was sharpening my ax. And he said, because of that, every time I got up, I made the most of the moment. Listen to me, there is a rest in the spirit. There is a rest that God has for you that's not going to come by getting another loan. It's not going to come by getting, another, getting out of another desperate situation. It's not going to come because the Holy Spirit's going to show up and just, just do everything for you. There is a spiritual blessing in, there's a, in every, the Bible says every spiritual blessing is available to you in heavenly places. And God has a will on earth, come on somebody, as it is in heaven. Stand to your feet with me this morning. So maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've been chopping wood. I've been, I've been putting in the time. I've been chopping the wood, every head bowed and every eye closed. I've been going through this process. But, but every time it looks like I, I never get anywhere. I'm not getting where I want to be. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not seeing what I want to see. And my question to you today, have you received the Sabbath blessing that God has for you? Are you sharpening your axe? Are you sharpening your axe? Are you putting it into the time to receive and to learn and to lay down offenses and to lay down hurts and quit doing it on your own to receive? He said, I've given you every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I want every head bowed and every eye closed. But you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to lay that down. I want these blessings in my life. I want to sharpen my axe. I'm tired of trying to strive and not get anywhere. I want to have the outcomes that God has for me, the destiny that God has for me. I want to walk in the freedom. I want to look in the mirror and see how see what God put together, how he took this messed up here. Listen, when I'm standing up today, I was messed up. I backslid seven years, and God restored us. Come on, God, God took us to a whole other level. I don't look in the mirror today and see a backslidden man. I see a guy who God had mercy on, who God loved, and God decided I'm going to change him. And he'll do the same for you today. And I encourage you today to receive that. Maybe you're sitting at home and you need to receive that today.
But if that's you today and you say, I want to operate in that kind of rest, it's momentum and rest working together. It's God's best taking what, what, what you have in your circumstances, changing you and changing the world together. But if you want what I'm talking about today, I want you to raise your hand this morning. Because God wants to do something. I want you to meet me right here in this altar. We're going to pray this morning. Come on, give them a hand as they come. Give them a hand as they come. Listen, we're going to pray. Step out, step out, step out. God wants to do something in your life. And, and, and we can have our prayer team come too as well. God wants to shift something today, but we're making the decision. We're making the decision to let God move the way that he wants to do. Come on, give them a big hand. We celebrate here at the Live Church. I believe that God wants to do something in your life. Listen, and you're making that decision. Come on, give them a hand as they come. Ushers, come on, let's make some room here. Can I, can I move this way? And we're moving together in the spirit today. We're letting God take them where they want to go. And then we're going to go mess with the waitresses and waiters, right? You be nice to those waitresses and waiters. You tip them big too, right? can't tell them you're from the live church and tip a dollar. It don't work that way. Come on. But get this in your heart today. Listen to me. God is shifting some things in you. God's bringing you to a point. I, Pastor Walt and I both believe deeply in this. It's, it's leading people to a point to make a decision. And you're making a decision today that says, acknowledging, hey, I've tried it the other way and it didn't work. I've tried it my way and it didn't work. Today I'm going to surrender my life. I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to lay it down. And I'm going, to let, I'm going to let God begin to help me develop how to sharpen my axe, how to have rest. Listen to me. When you'll operate in that, you'll become a loving person. You'll become a forgiving person. You'll become a, become a person that people want to be around. And God will, God will take the hurt and all the mess up and it'll become a story to help somebody else. I believe thousands of people will be reached just because you stepped out today. And so God is, God is going to do something special. So say this with me, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I choose today to surrender to you. I acknowledge today my personal weakness, my pride, the things that have held me back. I've been trying to do all the work, but my sword has been dull. My axe has been dull. And today I, I repent of that. And I ask you to sharpen my axe. And as I walk by faith, I'll be obedient to you. I'll make decisions based on your word you say go right, I'll go right. If you say go left, I'll go left. And I thank you that you've purchased my freedom. Say that again. You've purchased my freedom. And I'm a son. And I'm a daughter of you, Lord. Now, Father, I stand in agreement with them today. I pray blessings over their life. You said in your word that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Not part, not some, nothing missing, nothing broken. You said every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Father, I pray to give them the picture that they're sitting at a table getting ready to prepare a meal and there's not one ingredient missing. There's not one ingredient missing, Father. And we thank you that you're, you're, you're shifting them into a place of sharpness, Father God, a new level of decision making, a new level of stepping out, a new level of loving, a new level of kindness a new level of strength and self-control to say no to the things that are not of you, Lord. I'm going to say this by faith. You know, part of that saying is to leave and to put away. God's saying to some of you today, there's some things in your life you need to walk away from and you need to put away. 
It's not helping you. It's not taking you there. You've tried to do it on your own and it's not working. Leave it and put it away. And be obedient to the Spirit in that. And I believe God will bring the right things into your life to help you complete. There's a void in some of your lives. God wants to fill that void. He wants to fill that hole. And you've tried to fill it in many, many, many other ways. I just sense it by the Spirit. You've tried to fill it with relationships. You've tried to fill it with, with money. You've tried to fill it with trips and all these things. God's saying, I want to fill that void in your life, but you've got to let me do it my way. Be obedient to me. Be obedient to me. And so I just encourage you this morning to receive that. God is shifting some things. There's some hearts being healed. And I just believe today it's a whole new day. God has a whole new lifestyle he wants you to have. It's, it's a kingdom lifestyle. And it's receiving the best from God. Come on, into our life right here today. Lord, heal our bodies. Encourage our spirits. One more thing today, and there's some of you that are struggling with this. This has been on my heart for several weeks. When you look into the mirror, you don't like what you see. I'm not talking about visually. I'm talking about spiritually. God's saying, listen, never, and I said this the other night in young adults, and I, and I feel it right here. Never, never curse what God has blessed. Never curse what God has blessed. And so if that's you today, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on that. And, uh, and, and Because God wants to shift some things. That's nobody's business. But start speaking blessing in that mirror. Put you some notepads. Put you some cards up there. That's... God wants to heal you. He purchased you. He bought you. He paid the price. You're sitting at home, God wants to heal you. He wants to do something different. So don't get that in your spirit last thing this morning. Do not curse what God has blessed. Do not curse what God has blessed. Speak life over your husband. Speak life over your wife. Speak life to yourself. Speak life to your kids. Speak life to your business, the thing that God's, God's given you. Come on, somebody, don't curse. I like the old story of Smith Wigglesworthy. Sit down to eat a meal at somebody's house, and some of you have no idea who Smith Wigglesworth is, but you can Google it. Very powerful man of God, and, and he's sitting there at their, their kitchen table, and the, the wife apologized and said, I'm sorry, Mr. Smigglesworth, that this food isn't good enough. And he said, woman, shut your mouth. I know that don't go over well in 2022, by the way. I don't recommend that. But he said, you never curse what God has blessed. And so we go home today, listen to me, we're not cursing what God has blessed. You are the righteousness of God. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And as you walk that out, listen to me. Wherever you set your feet, he's given you. Whatever you touch prospers. Whoever you come in contact with is going to see something different. Listen, we love you and we bless you. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning. Thank you for coming forward. God bless you guys.